tonight we're starting what's called the Chasimus HaSefer. The conclusion of what everything he said. Let's print this page down here. Omer HaChover. So the Chover, the Chochem is speaking and he says, There's some things which is good to discuss. It's good to think about, it's good to and try and understand. Uh, now, the, the Chukazari is taking a position here in a Machlaikas, which is really a Machlaikas Tanayim. And that is trying to understand Darke Hashem. Hashem has a, obviously has a plan in how he runs the world. Hashem obviously has a cheshman in what he decides to do. The question is, are we meant to take the attitude of that we don't, we not Hashem, we don't understand Hashem, we're not aware of all the things Hashem is aware of, and therefore we take a step back and we say, it's beyond us. Like the, and there's a title that says that, the famous mission for Godus, we don't, know, we don't know, we don't try to know, we don't claim to be able to understand Hashem. We accept and we have a mind that Hashem knows what He's doing and that everything is for a reason. But it's not our place and it's not our, uh, within our ability to try and, and delve into the reason and try and understand. That's one approach. The famous marshal which the Chavetz Chaim brings in Shem Olam. It's like a person who comes for one Shabbos to town and he sees a guy by giving this guy a kiva and that guy a shishi or whatever it is. He says, I want to know. Why do you come in on him? Why do you, why do you forget about that guy? Why do you get the rough? Whatever it is, is listen, you're visiting here for one week, you have passions on me, you don't know what's going on. And somebody the Chavetz Chaim says to ask questions to Hashem, like, how much do you know? You've been here for a few years, and we already have passions on Hashem's doing, we didn't see the whole picture. So, Even though there's a story about the Chavetz Chaim himself, who said that he saw how a, a landowner tore off the roof. Right, he was a, waiting for Hashem to punish him. From an Alman, and he said, I was waiting to see what the retribution is. <laughs> But that's to wait to see something. But when you do see something, which you understand, so then the attitude is, okay, it's not enough for us to understand. That's one halach in the Yashayim. The other halach seems to be, that is we do try and understand. We do try and understand, firstly because it's meant for us to understand, and therefore we have to try and look into what happens and, and try and make sense of what Hashem doing and what we are meant to learn from. So the Kuzari so takes that second opinion. And the Kazari says that these are things which the Chakira of Teva, it's good to discuss, it's good to try and understand. And the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu judges his servants, which means Siddiqim, uh, what that line, that line means um, is explained definitely by the Mufashim. The way that some Mufashim explain it is that there's a principle and we have that sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like it says, it says, Poikin Avoyin Avis HaBanim Hashem punishes children for their father's sins, which means Hashem is totally one person on someone else's awareness. Um, and like the Novi says, that we find sometimes that what happens to one person isn't necessarily for what they deserve. You see, sometimes what happens to a person is really retribution for a previous generation. And then once again, this is the first in the Torah. It needs to be explained how it works, but the fact that it works in the first letter. Hashem told Cain that, uh, for example, that uh, th- that you're going to be uh, avenged by the seventh generation, and it means that some later descendant is going to be able to punish you. And sometimes Hashem says that the fourth generation will get killed, or your grandchildren will get killed, or whatever it's going to be, as a punishment for the sins of their parents. Are we saying the chotz of they're no longer here, and we're taking the brunt of the punishment for what they did wrong. 
or if we wanted to talk about someone who just learned a bad shot, that was punished for killing the whole city of Navrakar, and he and his children were going to get killed as well. So Shaul's sons were pretty much punished for something which was their father's event. Uh, now, so guys like that, we see there's a concept... Right. So we see that there's a concept that sometimes Hashem punishes people for other events. Somebody Hashem wants to reward, Hashem can reward many generations in the future for the schosim of a previous generation. We all today benefiting from Akadosh Baruch's promise of Ramavina. So that's one mahalach in Hashem that does things, which is based on, so to speak, uh, based on what previous diaries are responsible for. Cool question. Um. If you'd like to explain this, there's two ways to explain it. The one way is the way Chazal explains it in the Midrash. And Chazal says like this, it's a chesed. Imagine a person did something wrong. And really he should deserve to die right now. But if a person is going to get killed as a young person, so it takes away his opportunity to live his life. And to do, to do things which are worthwhile. And therefore the chesed, Hashem says, come killing you now, and one day I'll take one of your children. And that way, it's the pain that the person suffers from losing a child is in some way equivalent to had they died themselves. But on the other hand, the person still merits to live his life and uh, he doesn't die young because the, that, same, that same level of Yisurim, that same level of punishment, Hashem gives him by taking away a child. As much as, as, much as the Yisurim. But it's a chesed compared to having killed the person himself. And he would have had no children and he wouldn't have lived his life. Now, why does a child deserve that? So, if we talk about like why, what, what, the concept of why sometimes children are punished for, this, for the very of their parents. But the principle, there's one reason why a later door would suffer for the very of the previous door. A second option, which is more based on the Kabbalah, and that is that Hashem brings the same person back. So, even though he doesn't remember his previous journey in this world and back to Maisa, Hashem knows which Nishamas is bringing down again. And bringing down a later generation to punish this is really bringing the same person back now to suffer for what he did in the previous lifetime. So that's one Mahalach that now Hashem runs the world. There's another in Asa of a Shaku Avon Va'avon in Manish Vaynish. Hashem waits for each of them what's the appropriate way to punish it. And therefore, if a person is able to see this properly, they can see sometimes you call a Medic Negan Medic what the very person did and so Hashem tries to repay it, it's one is basically exactly balanced to fit the other. You mentioned Baba Mikra, we did it in said in the Torah, we said in Chazal, and they draw the comparisons to us, and they show how accurate and how all-encompassing Hashem's judgment is. Similarly, sometimes what uh, works as Tshuva, that helps for Avera, and what doesn't help, we saw in the Rambam, those categories of Averis where it's impossible to do Trevor, difficult to do Trevor, sometimes Trevor is insufficient. And it's also part of the balance of how bad the Averis is, or what damage it caused, how easy, how, how much is the possibility to do Trevor can get that. But death is always a Kapara. Death is a Kapara when accompanied by Yusurim and Yom Kippur and, and uh, Trevor. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, if a person is Nich Shachil Hashem, so we say that death is the final stage of the Kapara after all the stages, stages before that. But if we hadn't done the prior stages, right. that's what it's been. Right, exactly. Which means everybody dies, not everybody gets kapara by that. Right, okay. Right, it's not yet Trevor, what's needed to do Trevor. 
Because then again, not every Avera has the same Chava. Like Rabbi Yehler acts in the first Chalik of Shari Chava. And most severe Avera, or Avera which a person uh, enjoyed more even, needs more of a Chava. So there's not, not every Avera is the required Chava going to be the same. And this is another point, and this is an important point which uh, a lot of the Bani Mahshara talk about. And that is, that's talking about punishment and trevor and what's deserved for a person act. That is another perspective. And that is seeing what Hashem does. And now I try to understand, if Hashem does something, so we have to understand, is let's say something negative, is that a punishment? Is it a bechina? Or is it a nisayim? There are a number of options to try and explain what Hashem does. Let's say Hashem does something to a person which seems to us to be something negative for the person. It puts them in a very difficult situation. So now we can have a number of options of why should we do that. One option is a warning. And that is Hashem showing him, be careful, you're doing something wrong and this is my warning to you. So do a cheshmer nefesh and, and try and understand what you've done wrong and fix it up because otherwise you're going to get punished. And if that's the case, even though it looks to us like it's a very negative thing which happened to the person, it might just be a big chesed, it's a, it's a wake-up call, like we saw previously in the Kazari. Because without that, 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 how is Hashem going to warn somebody that you're slipping, you're going downhill, you're off track? So something's going to happen which is going to shake the person and hopefully bring them to their senses. That's one option. The second option is, it might be a chesed. Because it might be that really that something much worse was meant to happen, and this was the so to speak given as something in, uh, instead of what the person really deserved. So really, he, like the, you know, that uh, like the Gemara tells us that uh, Hashem will sometimes take something from a person instead of the punishment he wants to give the person. The third option is that this is a punishment, and if a person does something wrong, he's being punished. The fourth option is this is an insight. It's an insight, which means Hashem is testing the person. How are you going to react? So it's not coming to punish him, it's coming to test him. And the test is meant to be that you have the opportunity to overcome difficulty or adversity, and this now you're being put in a position where you're able to grow, you're able to do that. So it's not coming as punishment, it's coming as an insight. Like with Eeyore. And uh, the, fourth, the fifth option, and that is... Uh, is what we call Yisrim Shalava. Yisrim Shalava, which really means, like the Rechal explains it, that a person gets punished, and Zav is nothing for, not for anything they've done wrong, but as a carbon for Kaisra. And therefore, there's a principle that by them, so to speak, it, them suffering for something, they have no reason to suffer, but it works to take away, the, so to speak, the collective guilt of Kaisra. How that works, we can still discuss, there's a, a principle behind that, but there are a lot of different options. And how is the person going to know which one it is? For example, let's say a person is in a car accident and his car gets destroyed. Is he meant to see that as a warning? Be careful, you're doing something wrong and this is the warning because it could have been you. Is he meant to see it as an oinish? That was a tremendous financial loss. Is he meant to see it as a chesed? Hashem saved me. I could have been, I could have been hurt too. And Baruch Hashem, there was an accident and I got, I got unscathed. Is he meant to see it as an isoyin? How are you going to react? Are you going to... Uh, lose your temper, are you going to get angry, are you going to, how are you going to react? Or is it going to see it as some kind of, uh, like we said, a Kaliyastik, a, a thing that even if he could do nothing wrong himself, maybe it's a Kapara. Could it be all of them? It could, it's not like it could be all of them, but it could be a number. Now, 
so one of them is going to be we know what the options of how Hashem does things are. And the new question is, in his circumstance, which one is the most the most accurate? That's what the Gazari says over here. Yes, no. Mashiavu natsaris aderecha bechina, uvani sayin, aderecha piran. The other question, what's coming is a test, a challenge, a punishment. Aderecha tzmura by the mazir. Oh, it's an exchange. This one for something worse, which is meant to happen. Or aderecha tzmura by the mabba. Which means instead of something which you should have gotten punished for the mabba, so Hashem is giving him something of a lesser punishment here. I have a novice, maybe it's coming for a previous generation that's coming to pay back a debt there. So a person doesn't always know which one it is, and the person is trying, you know, according to Kazari's opinion, so we know what the options are, he should think about it. Maybe he can work it out, maybe he can learn something from it, because he can see in which category he's, he's, being, put, he's being placed. And the same thing the other way around. And people think about that less, but let's say a person gets a big chesed from Hashem, the same over here. A person can have the same question. Is this because Hashem is rewarding him for something he did beforehand? Is it the schos like Maybe it's a Maybe a previous star um, uh, deserved the reward and it's just being paid back to him. Maybe this is a challenge. Just like we know adversity can be a challenge, success can be a challenge too. And therefore a person gets success. So what, how is he meant to see this? Is this my schos? Is this my parents' loss? Is this a reward? Is this a challenge? And the mixture of all these options and the more which he hasn't mentioned too is the Mashad Daitam Amukha. The Daitam of Hashem is, which is the Daitam to understand that it needs to be, oh, we have to go into the depth of what's happening. And sometimes maybe we can find reasons to explain why things are happening. Like the famous question of Katalik Barada Rosha Batoy, like why a Tzadik would suffer and why a Rosh would be successful. So then we have to use these options. The Gemara gives a number of them. Maybe the Tzadik is suffering because it's a challenge for him. Maybe a person's Tzadik is suffering because it's a Kapara in the dark. Maybe the Tzadik is suffering because it's a Kapara for a previous dark. Maybe a Tzadik is suffering because uh, this is the way to get rid of that very still has. And same the other way around. Rosh Batoy, if a Rosh is being successful. Is Russia being successful because he's being paid back for his mitzvahs? Is, is Russia being successful because it's a schus from his ancestors which he's getting now? Is Russia being successful? That's his challenge. And uh, he's misusing it, he's doing the wrong thing because he's becoming a Russia. But the master, that was a challenge that Hashem was meant to overcome. Let's just explain this in simple words. People often wonder about how come they reach people who are Russia? They should deserve to get punished. Why are they so rich? And the answer is, the wealth isn't a punishment or a, re- a reward. It's the other way around. Hashem decided this person is going to be wealthy, and that's his nisai. Mm-hmm. So you could be a rich person, so tzai, you could be a rich person, so Russia. Mm-hmm. He tries to be a Russia, but that doesn't mean that he's being rewarded with the wealth. That means he, he, he was given, he's put in a situation where that was his challenge, and he failed it. And he failed it. That's something else. That's what was given to him to punish him. Whereas his reward in this Right, but yeah, it doesn't have to be like that. On the contrary, was Nigzad, your challenge is how you going, are you going to serve Hashem through wealth or are you going to rebel against Hashem for wealth? Okay, so that he had to be given the wealth, so he used to be given the challenge. And not everybody gets the challenge, passes the challenge. He failed in his challenge, but Lemaissa didn't come as reward or punishment. It came as the factors of the challenge he was put. That's the den of, uh, that's when he says that, because when he says that it's Ratsu. It's a good thing to try as much and as much as we're able to try.
try and think about it, we can understand a mahalach, a principle, like to try and see the the, the way that Akadosh Baruch is doing things. Now, why is it that sometimes you ask people why is it? Now, on that, uh, the Kazari says, maybe a person will be able to work it out. But, when a person can't understand, we meant to try, but there will be lessons you can't understand. We don't, our minds don't encompass everything that Hashem knows, and we can't always work out what Hashem is doing. Sometimes we don't, we don't have all the Cheshmanis. Sometimes also, Hashem is preparing something for the future, and we don't know that because we don't know what's going to happen next. Right, so we made it because of that. So we see Hashem do something, why do you do it to the person? We don't realize this is actually a hatsada. I mean, so many stories of people who escaped getting killed in the Holocaust because of whatever problem they had to leave Europe. And I said, like, why did this happen to me? And it's only in retrospect they understood that, uh, that, that this was really the way that they were safe. And there's a famous story about a year who went to America in the 1920s. He went for drink, his family was starving. So he, he went there for three years to try and make money to, to, to help his family. So he was by himself for three years. He worked like a, like a slave. He put together every penny he had. Eventually, after three years, he was very excited. He put together a significant amount of money. Baruch Hashem, he was able to look his family. And he sent him a telegram. Um, you know, Baruch Hashem, I've made money. I'm coming back to Europe. And I'm, I'm booked passage on a ship whenever it's going to be. And uh, what happened was, a, day, a few days before he was meant to sail, uh, was, he was robbed of all the money he had. He was penniless. He had everything turned into cash. He could take it back with him into to Europe, and he was robbed clean. He did nothing there. So he should, should go back empty handed. That was the point of the whole three years. But if already, yes, uh, what do I do? So, okay, so he sent a second telegram. I'm very sorry to let everybody down. Unfortunately, I lost all my money. I was robbed of everything. I'm starting again. He spent another three years in America. And I tried to make money the second time. And eventually, after the second time, which was six years, he, this time he, he did successfully make it back to Europe. But the whole, the second three years, he was better the whole time. Like, why does she do this to me? I was like, putting so much effort for three years of my life out here, and I had all my money was started, and I had to start the whole thing again. Anyway, a few years later, in the 1930s, Nazis come to power, and everyone in Europe is desperate to get out. So, he goes to the American consul, now, can he get his family visas to go to America? So they said, nothing doing, you're not American citizens, uh, no, we're, not taking, we're not taking immigrants. So he says, but uh, I was in America, I spent years there, I was working there. So they checked it out, and it says there's a law. If you're in America for more than five years, then you have the right to go back there. Okay, so he's there for six years. So he, he saved his family. And then he said so himself, he says, now he understands why she did it to him. Had he come home after three years, then he would have had no, no way out of Europe. But Dafka, at the time he didn't appreciate it, but by Dafka, by losing his money, being forced to stay there for longer, that was the lifeline that helped save his life. <coughs> yeah. So we see a certain element of sometimes a person can't work things out because he doesn't know what Hashem is doing. He doesn't understand why well, this is a step ahead that's helping him with the future. And therefore, as much as we can try, says the Kazorah, when a person can't understand, so he has to go back and say, Hashem knows what he's doing, Hashem is correct, he, he must have a reason for it, even if I can't understand it. We heard the other psychnosi, we see the Sayyid and Niglas, because we're going stories. The person said, but his limitations, he doesn't know everything. Anyway, there'll be those things that he's not aware of. So, as much as we try to work things out, because we can learn a lesson from if we understand what Hashem is doing, 
if there are those things that we aren't able to work out because there will be those things, we don't know. We, 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 don't, we don't claim to know everything. We don't have to have an answer. If we, if we can, wonderful. If not, Hashem knows what he's doing. Is it possible that a person will have an answer? Yeah, because everyone has a... Okay, but therefore, he says, V'kashe yagiya bidvara v'la etzim arishon V'mash is chayavna b'min amidos When we get... You know, so basically what the Chodah says, from what we can understand that Hashem is treating us, or we can learn a lesson from that. So we meant to learn. Uh, specifically, if Hashem is sending somebody a warning, and the warning is going to be, wake up, I'm trying to show you something, and it's like, I have no idea what you're showing me, I can't understand these things. So what is the point? <laughs> and then the warning is falling on deaf ears. And therefore a person should try and understand. And like we said, normally there's a Milik and which means if a person tries hard enough to try and think, why did that happen to me? So then he'll... He'll, he'll think of something, he'll understand. Uh, he'll understand that this is what where the Milikanagan Mid is. And when a person is looking for that, they'll be shocked at how, sometimes how glaringly obvious it is. How glaringly obvious it is. And uh, it, 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 it brings home the lesson. You're being shown something. So you, it's being made very clear if a person thinks about it, like what I was trying to show. I said the story at that time when it happened. That was a year ago now, Barry. Uh, certain uh, one of my friends, this is a so he told me that uh, he was giving a share in one Shirakhtana, maybe, Shiva, I don't know exactly what it was. And in the middle of the share, one of the kids, a Chosfiki kid, got up and said, uh, Look, who asked you to speak? I keep quiet. In the middle of the share, then the kid gets up and says, This is very important. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's very difficult, and uh, the shiva obviously came and preached very sweet this kid. I don't know what happened to him. He decided I'll discipline him afterwards. But he was thinking, like, well, why did that have to happen to me? Like, this is year, I have it. Someone tells me in the middle of the shiva, he wants you to speak, I keep quiet. Like, well, why should that happen to me? It's a very unusual thing. Because the whole day he was like disturbed about it. Like, why did, what, what, what's going on? And then he remembered that the uh, night before, he had gone to visit someone in the hospital. Someone he knew was in the hospital, he got to visit someone in the hospital. And on his way back, so he's taking an elevator down, wherever floor it was, to that thing. And there were big signs in his hospitals, please don't speak on cell phones and, and, and like in elevators. But he was in the middle of the conversation, so he got on the phone and he was talking the whole way down, he was talking the phone. He, didn't, he noticed that one or two of the doctors and orders were looking at him like, there's a sign, what's wrong with you? And in the end, one of told him, who asked you to speak, you keep quiet. And then he, and he didn't say it, because his brother phoned okay. And then he chat is exactly the same words the kid told him the next day. Mamish, middle by middle. Who asked you to speak? Keep quiet. Maybe this was it. I was being shown something. I did the wrong thing. Maybe it was a chidul Hashem. And therefore I'm being shown exactly the same, Mamish, the same words. Exactly. I was, I was told there. I was told again. But he didn't feel bad. Now it suddenly hit him very hard. And then he realized, maybe this was, uh, this was uh, Hashem was showing me something. And when a person looks for things like that, Milik and Hegel Midas, and Taki, you see things. It's how uh, accurate, like Nida Hashem shows, you, shows a person what he wants him to see. Okay, so that's as far as Hashem treats a person. Now, there's one more point. The Kazari says, When a person tries to understand from the first cause, like why things are happening, and what a person is responsible for, that um, from his midas that Hashem is trying to show him. 
in the Tzachirus. So then, when a person tries to see beyond that, so then this, so it's something which prevents him. Just like if there be a screen of a light which is too bright to see, but see past. And because it's too bright, he can't see beyond that. So saying as a marshal, there's a certain amount we can understand. If we try to understand deeper, Hashem is chashpoinus. There's a block. It's something which we can't understand as because of the kaitzer da'atayna, because of the, uh, we're limited in our ability to understand. So there's a certain amount we can understand what Hashem is doing. That's what He's showing us. If you try to understand more than that, so then it's clear that there's a light which is too bright to see past, which means. We aren't able to understand deeper than that all Hashem's chesponus. Why? Because, and this is the important point, and that is when Hashem does something, it's not just that Hashem is one to us in mind, one point in mind, and that's what I want to do. And I'm, I'm doing this just to show you a lesson. When Hashem does something, he has a lots of different chesponus in mind. And a person can might be see what's the to him. Hashem wanted him to understand. Hashem was showing him, but a lot of other people involved in the story too. And what was Hashem doing for each of them to be involved in? And not just the people who were involved, even the witnesses. The famous Gemara says, if a person happens to see a site of a Kulkula, so he shouldn't drink wine anymore. You weren't even an active participant in the story. You were just a bystander. You were just an, 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 like an onlooker. But, why did I have to see that? Why, was it in the, why did it have to happen when I was there that I had to witness that? And a person said, it must be a lesson for me here too. And that's okay, so the lesson's meant to be, look, you can see what happens to Chait, so then the magician is showing you, take a step back from Chait. The said that one time he, he saw Chidol Shabbos, and to step like, why do I have to see Chidol Shabbos? And that's why he decided to write to his sefer on Legit Tal and Shabbos. Because he felt there's something missing in my Shabbos, so I have to work on it after I say for Shabbos. But there's that, that, that element too. Which means, when Hashem does something, there's so many different Cheshbonis which, which are part of it. How each person is affected, why it's exactly what they deserve, and why it's a lesson for them, why it's something for them, and the people who know about it, the people who see it, and whatever it's going to be, a person can't understand all those perspectives. That's that's way beyond the person's ability. But what a person can understand is at least from their point of view, what Hashem showing me. Now, how this actually happened to be exactly the perfect thing for everybody else in the story, and who knew about the story too, that's, that's something which is beyond our ability to understand. But Hashem has a plan and all that as well. I was finished with this, always as a, as a rival. Quick question. This fellow who, who saw Chil Shabbos, yeah. he said, why me? Is it possible that it was a, a special gift for him to see it, to encourage him to write the Sefer? Could be. Well, it could be that because he felt that I'm being shown some things now, that's going to be the Bechin that she was warning me. There's something missing in your Shabbos. And that's why you see Chil Shabbos. Okay, so I have to fight back. I have to record it. And just to show this this this, this point, so there's a Gemara in Megillah Esther, and the Gemara asks, Esther invites Haman to the party. Alright, Mordechai Mar- told to speak to the king, so she should have gone and invited the king. Why did she invite Haman to? The Gemara asks a question again, and the Gemara gives six different answers what Esther's kavana was. Was she trying to disarm Haman? Was she trying to make a first jealous? Was she doing it because she wanted to know where Haman was? Was she doing it so the Jewish people shouldn't rely on her because they thought she's Haman's friend? The Gemara gives six different answers what, what Esther's plan was in inviting Haman. And the Gemara finishes off, and the Gemara says that her uh, last, I think it was, Sorry, Yohanavi. He said, We're just learning the Sugi, what, what Esther was thinking, which is the right way. And the answer is him, Esther saw all those Cheshbonis. So what you see with the Gemara is, we ask the question, like, why did this do something? Each person suggests a different answer. And the truth, Esther had all those plans. So if a person can have so many different Cheshbonis at the same time, 
I'm doing for this reason and for this reason and for this reason and because of that. So I'm kavachem by Hashem. And if that's the case, when Hashem does something, why does Hashem do it? There could be tens of reasons, there could be hundreds of reasons. And they all could be true because Hashem does things with lots and lots of chashmonas in it. Every person involved has a reason for that. And we made it, that's, yeah, that's beyond our ability. That's what he says. It's like a, an eye which is too bright for us to see. It's a level which we can't understand. Of how it fits into everything else in the Bria that Hashem does. What a person can understand is how it applies to them. Because since the, 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 the point of, for them was meant to be for them to understand, so that, that they can try and work on. Whereas the point for them, which uh, somebody, which, uh, the point for somebody else was meant for them to understand, was meant for that person to understand, it's not necessarily I'm going to be able to work out why, why they had to be part of it. That's for them to do. But the fact that, that at least for myself I can work, I can understand or see some reason for what happens, that's really something that I can gain from it.